are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Open the Bibles, please. Doesn't matter where. If you got it, if you got a King James Bible, it's all good, so open it anywhere. If you don't have a King James Bible, open your psalm book. <clears throat> it's just as inspired as whatever Bible you have. I've given my life, the rest of my life, for four things. The King James Bible fighting for its, pres for its preservation. The local church, which is the only church there is. Soul winning. And old-fashioned standards in our churches. And I, uh, I'm going around the country making enemies over all four of those things and doing a wonderful job of collecting them. In Exodus chapter 15, verse number 22. Exodus chapter 15, verse number 22. Folks, if you can't find Exodus, forget it. <laughs> I'm, I've been up here five minutes waiting and you're still rattling pages. If you haven't found it yet, I just suggest you look intelligently at whatever page you happen to be on there. Nobody's going to know the difference. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Mara, don't forget that word Mara, we'll come back and spend much of the night there. They came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Mara. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which, when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam. Notice that word Elam. We're going to come back there and spend a lot of time there after a while. And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water and threescore and ten palm trees. I'd like to ask you to do me a favor. I'd like to ask you not to take notes. I want you to look right this way. I, I, want, you, I want you to let me preach to your heart, not your notebook. I want to preach to you. I don't mind you taking notes. Except while you've got a good-looking man up here, take advantage of it. <laughs> Dr. Treber's up here. I'd suggest you take notes. But, but I, I would like to preach to your heart tonight. 
You know, I've preached over 54,000 times. I couldn't help but think when Dr. Cedarholm was here a while ago. I mean, when I first met him, Dr. Cedarholm was about 40 years of age. And I was about 28, 29 years of age. And uh, now then both of us are senior citizens. I was, my wife and I drove up the other day to Burger King. It was on Labor Day and we wanted to get Burger King and so with the drive-through. <clears throat> so I stopped at the little microphone there and I said, I want two Junior Whoppers and two black coffees. Lester Roloff turned over in his grave. I drove up to get the two junior whoppers and two black coffees, and the little lady there said that'll be $2.14. I said, no, it won't. It's more than that. She said, no, it's $2.14. I said, ma'am, we get junior whoppers and two black coffees often. It costs well over $3. You're cheating yourself. She said, no, I gave you the senior citizen discount. <laughs> I said, ma'am, you didn't even see me. She said, no, but I could tell it from your voice. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's been a long time, Dr. Cedarholm, and uh, I, uh, I want you to listen to me. I, I do not want to deliver a message tonight. I'd like to deliver my soul. Our Heavenly Father, I come tonight to speak from my heart to the people of God on the West Coast. Now, I realize there are people here tonight not, that are not from the West Coast, but I thank God tonight for what's going on out here in California and Oregon and Washington, these Pacific states. And I pray tonight that you'd help me to be a part of being a blessing to this area. Speak to our hearts. Amen. For the next few minutes, I'd like to be your pastor. I'd like to organize into a church, if you don't mind. I promise you that I'll resign. We may have a church split during the sermon. I don't know. But <clears throat> I, mean, I know how to do that real well. And uh, so, but I promise you, if you'll let me be your pastor for about 45 minutes, I'll resign when I get through and we'll disband the church. So if you, if, you, if, if you would join my church for 45 minutes, would you raise your hand please way up high. All right, now we're at church. Next thing I want to talk about is the salary. <laughs> I am a Baptist preacher. Tonight I'm going to use this microphone right here here. <clears throat> I want to talk to you tonight about two places. Turn, turn me up just a little, little tad. I want to talk to you tonight about two places. Places that are familiar and yet in some ways not as familiar as other places in the Bible. I want to introduce you tonight in the first place to, to a place called Mara. Mara is a place that means bitter. It was there the Jews could not drink the water because it was bitter. 
And it was there that, that they, uh, Moses cast, the, if you wouldn't take notes, I really appreciate it. It really helped me if you put your pen up now. I got some things to say to you, and I want you to listen to me and not take notes, please. Mara was, was an ugly place. It was a sort of barren kind of a place. Uh, Mara was a place of bitterness. As I said a while ago, a place where the Jews uh, could not drink the water until the tree that was felled was thrown in to sweeten the water. Mara was an ugly place, desert kind of a place. Mara was not the kind of place, and this is going to be Mara over here in my sermon tonight. Mara was not the kind of place where you'd want to take a three-day trip or a weekend trip or a vacation. Mara was sort of like... Uh, Hammond, Indiana, <coughs> the armpit of America. Brother Treber mentioned a while ago the dear couple celebrating the 25th anniversary. The $2,500 they gave them was to go, go to Hawaii. I leaned over and I said, they could go to Hammond, $2,500 too, you know, and, and uh, see the scenic spot of Hammond. We, we may have mountains in Hammond, I don't know. The such so bad you can't see that far. But Mara was much like a place like Hammond, Indiana. It was ugly. It was uh, unpopular. It was not the kind of place where you'd want to take your family for a couple of days. I want to introduce you to another place. This place is going to be over here on this side of the platform tonight. And this place is called Elam. Elam was just as pretty as Mara was ugly. Elam was a place that had 12 fresh wells of water, and it had uh, wells of fresh water, and it had 70 palm trees. Tradition says that Elam was surrounded by evergreens. It was the, the Santa Clara, California. It was the Palm Beach, Florida. It was the Honolulu, Hawaii. It was the place where you'd want to take your family for a trip. It was the place where you'd want to take your family for a three-day trip or maybe a vacation. A popular place. A resort. A balmy kind of a place. A beautiful place. Now, we've, we've talked about Mara. Ugly, bitter, desert-like, no water, not a desirable place to live. And then we talked about Elam. Just as beautiful as Mara was ugly. And just as desirable as Mara was undesirable. And just as sweet as Mara was bitter. Now, these two cities, or two places, seems like they would seem that they must not be in the same country. How could a place so ugly and barren and bitter be anywhere but a different country from a place so beautiful and so tropical as was Elam? But, this, but the interesting thing about this is they were not in different countries. Well, then they must be separated by great distance, like uh, Santa Clara and Hammond, Indiana, separated by great distance. But that isn't true either. The truth is that Mara and Elam were only seven miles apart. Only seven miles from this ugly, barren, bitter, desert-like place to this beautiful, tropical, gorgeous place. Now, seven miles is about a two and a, and a, and a half hour journey by foot. In the paratroopers, we used to walk 
They said about three miles an hour. We made a 26-mile hike in one day. And so it was only about a two-and-a-half-hour journey by foot or by beast of burden. Now, that means this. That means that any Jew could decide where he lived. He could live over here in Mara if he wanted to and in a place of bitterness. But he had the same alternative. He could live over here if he wanted to in Elam in a beautiful place and a place of blessing, a place of joy, a place of excitement, a place of victory. It's up to him. Now, everybody in this room tonight has that same choice. You have enough things in your life to where if you wanted to, you could dwell on them and you could be bitter. And you could dwell in bitterness or dwell in Mara. By the same token, every one of you tonight, your names are written in heaven. Your sins are forgiven. God will not charge anything to, to the record of his elect. Your sins are gone. God will not charge sins against your record. Now, everybody in this room tonight, if you live in a place of bitterness and negativism, that's because you choose to. Because just seven miles down the road is a place of blessing. I don't care who you are tonight. I promise you that every adult in this room has a heartache. You have a burden. You have a sorrow. And if you want to dwell on that, you could go down here to this bitter place like Mara and live there. Or praise God, you can look over there and see what's in Elam, the blessings of God, the victories of God, the good things of God, and you can move over here and live in Elam if you so choose. Now it's up to you. I want to remind you of something tonight. I want to remind you that you can go from Mara to Elam anytime you choose to go. Anytime you want to leave your bitterness and go to, 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 to joy, anytime you want to leave your pessimism and go to optimism, anytime you want to leave your complaining and go to shouting and praising, it's up to you because it's only seven miles over there. And if you choose to go, you can go. I'm saying that, that Mara is just as near as the nearest shut-in. Uh, Elam, pardon me, Elam. <laughs> Elam is just as near as the nearest rest home. Elam is just as near as the nearest bus route. Elam is just as near as the nearest ghetto. Elam is just as near as the nearest hospital. And you tonight sit over here and gripe and grouch and complain and always down in the dumps, it's because you've chosen to go there. And you here who are praising God and having a spell and having a fit and living on the victory side, it's because you could have chosen. Because everybody who lives over here has enough reason to move over there. And everybody who lives over here has enough reason to move over there. And you can decide where you live tonight. <clears throat> I was one night in my office. A lady came for an appointment. She was a middle-aged lady about 67 years of age. I hope that's middle age. But uh, she came, her name was Mrs. Stinson. Mrs. Stinson was a very attractive lady, I guess in her mid-50s. She had prematurely white hair, and she was a very cultured, refined lady. She played the organ. She played the piano and other instruments. She had a degree from, from famous university, and she was a very, very refined lady. She came to my office one night, and she was over here <coughs> dwelling in Mara. And she said, Brother Hyatt, could you help me, please? And I said, yes, I'm, I can. Uh, you say, how you know you could? Because I got the Bible there, and the Bible don't help anybody. I don't care what the problem is. <coughs> so she said, 
I've got a problem. And I said, I sort of thought you did. She said, I, I think I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Well, I wasn't surprised at that because every lady I know is either having a nervous breakdown, has just gotten over a nervous breakdown, or is going to have one when she can work it into her busy schedule. <laughs> and so she said, well, I, 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 I'm, about to, I'm about to crack up. Can you, can you do anything to help me? I said, yes, I can. She said, what can I do? I said, go home, bake some cookies. She said, what do cookies have to do with my nervous breakdown? I said, go home, bake some cookies. You take those cookies over to some blind person in the church, and you sit there and sip a cup of tea or some juice with that blind person and eat some cookies and bring some joy in their life, and you can move from Morrow over to Elam then. I said, now the next day, bake a cake. She said, what's a cake got to do with my nervous breakdown? I said, bake a cake. I said, take it over to some deaf person in the church and write a little note to them and tell them that you love them and sit there and eat the, some cake and, and drink some tea. And I said, the next day, get you a dozen roses. Go down to the hospital and find every room that has nobody visiting. Go in that room and have a prayer with the people, encourage them, and give each one of them a rose. I said, uh, every day of your life, you forget your stupid nervous breakdown and you forget your, your problems and you forget your heartaches and you do something for somebody else. And I said, and by the way, that'll work for you too. <coughs> you don't have to give $100 an hour to some stupid psychiatrist who needs to go to the psychiatrist. You haven't got to give that. All you've got to do is forget that you exist and live for somebody else. And praise God, you can make that journey from Mara to Elam and live on the victory side. Several months passed. She, 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 she uh, uh, wouldn't talk to me. She avoided me. I'd see her and she'd turn and walk the other way. And one day, I was going down the hallway this way. She was coming this way. And we hit each other smack dab. There I go, using Greek words again. And we hit each other smack dab. And she, she turned to walk. I said, hold it, Mrs. Stinson. You're not going anywhere. I said, uh, uh, this nervous breakdown that you were going to have several months ago, whatever happened to it? She said, well, I went home, baked some cookies. I took them to a blind family. I went home, baked the cake the next day and took it to a deaf family. I got me a dozen roses the next day and took them to the hospital and visited everybody. They had nobody in the room visiting during visiting hours. And she said, Pastor, I got so busy with all that stuff, I just called off my nervous breakdown. Now you listen to me. America needs some preachers that live over here in Elam. I mean, a lot of you fellows go to your church on Sunday morning and you, you, you're, you're discouraged and defeated. And, 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 and you preach from the First Elam, First Baptist Church in Mara. Won't you move over here to Elam and don't leave a forwarding address so they won't know where you are. I'm saying America doesn't need a bunch of dead, dry fundamentalists. America needs some old-fashioned preachers who have a shout and a lilt and a joy. I'm saying tonight, those of you living over here in discouragement and despondency, hey, look over there. Your name is written down in the book over there. Get over there and preach in the First, First Baptist Church of Elam and get the joy and get the victory back. Likewise, you may go from Elam tomorrow any time you choose. It's as near as, for, as one pity party. It's as near as one bit of vengeance. It's as near as one retaliation. It's as near as one criticism. It's as near as one hurt feeling. 
It's as near as one statement you don't like in a sermon. It's as near as one thing at church that you don't agree with. You know, I'll be 68 years of age in about uh, 10 days. Praise God, I've decided I'm not going to live over here in Mara. I've got a few things if I wanted to. I could sit down tonight and have a real good pity party and invite you to it. But I decided, brother, I'm a child of God. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free and in my heart's a song. Buried in the deepest say, hey, that's good enough for me. I believe eternally. Praise God, my sins are gone. I'm saying tonight, you leave this place having moved your residence from bitterness and defeat and discouragement and get over there in Elam and live in Elam and preach in Elam and have your family in Elam, have your marriage in Elam and enjoy the blessings of Almighty God. I'm 60, almost 68 years old. I've never enjoyed living like I do right now. I never have. I've never enjoyed preaching like I do right now. Never have in my life. I can kick as high as I ever could. Now, it hurts, hurts, hurts a lot more to kick than it used to. But praise God tonight, I am not going to look back at my life and see the heartbreak I've had and discouragement I've had and sit down here and lick my wounds. I'm going over here to Elam and I'm going to have a spell. Get out of Mara. Get over here in Elam. Get out of your bitterness. Get over here in sweetness. Get out of your pessimism. Get over here in optimism. Back yonder in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king made a decree. Everybody in the land had to bow down and worship a doll on the plains of Dura. Nebuchadnezzar had some help in building that Image, Southern Baptists work with him on it. <laughs> 700 Club contributed quite a bit to that thing. American Baptists didn't help build it, but they helped finance it. They never do any work. Santa Clara Ministerial Association worked with him on it. I'll just keep on naming folks. I make everybody mad. And the king said, <laughs> said, everybody's got to bow down and worship this image. And if you don't, we'll cast you alive in the fire furnace. Praise God, there were three Howells Anderson College students there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Being from Howells Anderson College, they said, we ain't going to worship that thing. <laughs> And I'd rather say we ain't going to worship than say we are going to. So we ain't going to worship that thing. And the king said, we'll cast you in the fire furnace. And they said, cast us where you want to cast us. We are fundamentalists. And Brother Howells would chop our heads off if we, uh, if we did. And I would. And if you're not an old-fashioned hell-raising, winter-rattling, shingle-pulling, barn-storming, hell-fire and damnation, hell-raising, independent, Baptist, King James, Bible, separated, fundamentalist, and you graduated from Howells Anderson College, and you're not one of those, turn your diploma back in. Give us your degree. America's dying tonight because it eats some preachers who live in Elam. King said, okay, we'll turn the thermostat up seven times hot. And he said, don't make no difference. Once again, Howells Anderson College students. 
said, don't make no difference. We ain't going to bow down worshiping. The king said, okay, we'll throw you in. And they said, be it known to you, O king. We are not going to bow down and worship that image. They said, our God will deliver us. But I like what they said next. But if not. They said, our God will deliver us, we think. Our God will deliver us, we hope. But if he does not, we're still going to stand for what's right. So they put him in a fire furnace. They're over here in Elam in the furnace. Discouraged and defeated. But to take a glance over there, seven miles down the road to, Mar to, uh, to uh, this is Mara over here. I'll get it right. But if Elam's over here, I'm staying over here. They sit down in Mara and look over in Elam and guess what they see? They see the Son of God over there. <laughs> and they said, why sit over here and complain in Mara when Jesus is over there in Elam? And they went over to Elam and they had a spell. I'm trying to say tonight, our fundamental cause does not need a bunch of dead, dry people. We need shout and praise and the victory. You folks not shouting, get with it. And you folks that are criticizing those that are shouting, move to Elam. I've been preaching. I've been preaching all summer on heaven. I preached my 15th sermon on heaven this coming Sunday night. We have had a time. I want you to know our Sunday night service that make this look like an Episcopalian funeral. <laughs> We've had a time. I'd be ashamed of myself. Some of you folks from the South. I'd be ashamed of myself. Let a bunch of Yankees get happier than you do. I'd be ashamed that a bunch of Polacks shout more than you do. Now, they don't say amen. They say aminsky and praise Godsky and Halluski. But I have decided, bless God, that the years I've got left in my life, I'm not going to spend them in, in ne negativism and depression and defeat and gloom and sadness and self-pity. I'm going over here to Elam and live on the top side. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looked over there and saw the Son of God. The Son of God's not over here in Mara. So they just moved over here to Elam. It was shortly after the death of our Lord. Deacon Stephen was preaching. Everybody knows Deacon's not supposed to preach. He's supposed to tell a preacher what to preach. It's his job to run the business of the church. To free the preacher so he won't mess with the business himself. <clears throat> Deacon Stephen was preaching. And all of a sudden they started stoning him. And he sits over here in Mara. With a heap of stones. Bruises. Blood dripping down. 
body racked with pain. He looks seven miles down the road and sees the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And Stephen says, I just think I'll move over here to Elam and live over here on the top side. I'm tired of preachers saying, I'm just having it rough. Well, have it smooth. It's just seven miles down there to pave roads. Well, I got a heartache. It's just seven miles down there to the heart surgeon that can cure you. There's no need. I said there is no need for God's people to sit here and mope in Mara when Elam is seven miles away. Why don't you decide tonight to get happy for a change and live on topside? You folks in the balcony have a spell. Quit just sitting there. You say, Brother Hines, when you preach like this at home, your people get happy that all your folks like it? I don't know. I never ask them. But brother, I'm, I'm almost 68 years old. I'm too old to worry about stuff like this. I tell my people, get mad at me, I'll take Social Security. I'm living on a mountain underneath the cloudless sky. I'm drinking at the fountain that never shall run dry. I'm feasting on the manna. I'm dwelling in beautiful land. Well, you say, Brother Hines, Brother Hines, we just the charismatics running us out of town. Don't you get more excited than they do? I've never understood. I've never understood why a charismatic can get happier because he's holding on than a Baptist can because he's being held. I mean, brother, they shout more about heresy than you do about truth. Well, things just not going very good. We'll move down to move down to Elam. Well, I'll tell you what, we're not meeting the budget and move down to Elam. They have a good offerings down there in Elam. What your church needs is a resurrected preacher. What your church needs is a preacher who's on top side. And what you need to do is move to Elam. John sat in the loneliness of Mara on Patmos by himself with memories of the church at Ephesus I think he used to pastor. Memories of the transfiguration on Mount Tabor. Memories of the feeding of the 5,000. He sits there living in his memories in the discouragement and loneliness of Mara. He looks down the road seven miles. He sees the rapture. He sees Jesus coming back for his own. He sees the marriage of the Lamb. He sees the judgment seat of Christ. He sees Jesus coming back to establish his kingdom on earth. He sees a thousand year reign. 
He sees the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And John the Beloved said, what in the world am I doing sitting here in Mara? I think I'll go down here to Elam and just have a big spell. Get out of Mara. I said, get out of Mara. I said, get out of Mara. I don't care who you are. You got... You got enough sadness to hang around Elamar if you want to, but praise God, you got enough things to, re to, re to rejoice about and shout about to walk seven miles down the road and have a spell. Paul lay still in Lystra's Mara. The stones of the enemy pelting on his head and blood streaming down his body and his shirt, no doubt clung to his body because of dried blood. He sits there in Mara, discouraged and defeated, hundreds of miles from home, doesn't have anybody beside him. He looks over in Elam. He sees the third heaven. He sees Jesus. He sees angels. And the beloved John said, by crack, not by cracky, amen. And he may have said by cracky too. He said, I'm stupid. You'll find this in the Hiles version. And it's just as near being right as the dirty NIV version too, by the way. He says, here I am in Lystra by myself. I just think I'll go seven miles down the road and see the third heaven. I'm saying, let me tell you something. There are enough reasons for everybody in this room tonight to lift your voice and praise this to Almighty God. There are a few of you folks, I wish you'd go home. I'm tired of looking at you. Well, you say, Brother house. I'm just not the shouting type. I'm, I'm shy and timid. Then suck your thumb while you shout. There's nothing wrong with fundamentalism that couldn't be cured by a moving van taking us over here in the Mayflower truck to Elam where the milk and honey flow and where there's a, a, a sweet waters of 12 wells. I'm simply saying, ladies and gentlemen, America's going to hell while we save our wounds that are discouraged and defeated. Look over there in Mara. Your name is over there in the book of life. Your sins are forgiven in Elam. Leave the bitter place. Go to the sweet place. Leave the dep depression. Go to the joy. Leave the complaining. Go to the shout. I looked over there to Elam and my name was still in that book. I took a closer look and found that not one sin was recorded against my record. I took it over and found that I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I just called Mayflower and said, send me a truck. I'm moving to Elam. And that's what you ought to do tonight. When you say I'm more dignified, you can get cured for that at the old-fashioned altar. Am I more saved than you are? Is my name written a different book than what yours is? My Bible said, don't rejoice because the demons are subject to you, but rejoice because your name is written in heaven. In God's name.
Israel and Elam. And then I went to Hammond, Indiana. I didn't want to go to Hammond. You know why? Because Yankees live up there. In those days, I wouldn't want to go to heaven if Yankees were heaven. I love Yankees now. They pay my salary. And I've been pastoring Yankees for 35 years. I said, let me walk in the fields. He said, no, you're going to have to walk in the town. But I said, there are no flowers there. He said, no flowers, but there's a crown. But I said, the air is thick, and there's nothing but noise and din. But he wept and leaned back. He said, there is more. There is sin. But I said, the sky is black. The fog is veiling the sun. He said, but souls are black, and they walk in darkness undone. I said, I'll miss the flowers. And my friends will miss me, they say. He said, my child, choose tonight if I am to miss you or they. I beg for more time to be given. He said, my child, is it hard to decide? It will not seem hard in heaven to follow the steps of thy guide. So I took one look at the flowers and cast my eye toward the town. He said, my child, won't you yield and exchange your flowers for a crown? Into his heart, into my hand went his, in his heart came mine. I'm now walking a light in a path that now is divine. And for 35 years, praise God, I decided I'm not going to sit over here and look at that ugly Sibley Street and all those apartment houses and all the sudden, I'm not going to do it. Praise God. I am going to realize that my name is in heaven. I'm a child of the king. So I live in Elam. And I have more fun in Hammond than some of you do in Santa Clara. Nineteen eighty-four. I suffered the heartbreak of my life, and I'll not elaborate. But I thought my ministry was over, and I visited Mara for a while. As I was sitting there, wondering if I had a right to preach again, I looked over in Elam. It was still sweet. Milk and honey was still flowing. My sins are still forgiven. I'm still a child of God. Tonight, I'd like to reach out and grab some of you preachers that have been preaching on the exegesis of the exegetical execution and get you preaching on the love of God and the heaven, heaven and the rapture and forgiveness and the glories of Almighty God. I'm saying, preacher, leave Mara and get over to Elam and live there. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org.